we will start to see coaches in October and December and March feeling success. And if we really trickled back, it would be because of those beginning weeks of school that that success has happened. Hi, I'm Diane Sweeney, and I'm the author of The Essential Guide for Student-Centered Coaching and our new book, Student-Centered Coaching from a Distance. And I'm Brandon Lewis, and I'm an innovation and learning coach in Liberty, Missouri. And this is Student-Centered Coaching, the podcast, where we sit down with coaches and teachers to explore how they are supporting student learning. Our hope is that through sharing these stories, we can all grow together. Welcome to this episode of Student-Centered Coaching, the podcast. And today is a special treat for you all. Many of you know by now, but Diane has a new book coming out on August 1st, and it's titled Launching a New Year of Student-Centered Coaching. Um, we're fortunate enough to have all three of the authors on here today. Um, aside from Diane, we have both Leanna Harris and Julie Steele. And just to give a brief background for our listeners, um, and the two of you, feel free to add anything that I miss that I leave out. Um, but Leanna is a senior consultant for Diane, who lives in Denver. She has co-authored The Essential Guide for Student-Centered Coaching, Student-Centered Coaching the Moves, and Student-Centered Coaching from a Distance with Diane. She also um, leads workshops, and she consults with districts around the country to partner with coaches and district leaders to help improve instruction and ultimately student learning. So Leanna, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so happy to finally have you on here. So excited to be here. Thank you. Um, and we also have Julie Steele, who she also is a senior consultant um, with Diane Sweeney Consulting. And she lives just down the road from me, actually, here in Lee Summit, Missouri. And shockingly, our paths have still never really crossed. This is the first time we've officially met. So it's really good to finally um, connect with you, Julie. It's great to see you, Brandon, too. I'm excited to be here. Um, she used to be an instructional coach for many years um, in the Lee Summit School District, and she has just recently gone full-time to consulting um, and partnering with districts across the country with Diane. So again, super excited to have the two of you joining Diane and I today to really talk about this book. I'm, I don't know if I should be saying this or not, but Diane actually gave me a sneak peek of the book. Um, a few weeks ago. And I just want to say kudos to the three of you. It's so good. I loved every bit of it. And I can't wait for coaches to get their hands on it, um, especially with it coming out August 1st to start the new year. It's going to be fantastic. So um, great job, ladies. It's been such a blast getting to create this resource because it's totally different. We'll talk about how it's different, but having two thinking partners in Leanna and Julie has been really fun. And I was just grateful that they agreed to do it with me. So we have some questions we're obviously going to work through. And because there's three of you, they're going to be answering these. Um, I'm going to kind of call you out individually just to kind of make it a little more uh, seamless and less confusing. But I do still want to say, though, I want to hear from all of you guys. So if you feel like you have something to add, but it wasn't necessarily a question that I asked you, please join in. Like people want to hear from you. You, The three of you are so knowledgeable when it comes to this content. And coaches are going to be hungry and excited to start the year off right. So when you have something to add, please feel free to do it. All right. 
but we're going to start with you, Diane. So can you please give us a big picture overview of this new resource? I'm glad you called it a resource because we had a joke um, in our just writing time and with our editors, editorial team that it's not a book. We're not writing another book. <laughs> and many of you guys who know me know that I'm always like, this is the last book. We've said enough about this. We don't have anything else to say. So this is a resource, really. It's, it's, it's sort of similar to some of the playbooks you might find uh, that Corwin puts together. It's meant to be um, kind of similar to Harry Wong's first days of school. When you think about how do you really start the school year strong, but for coaches. So how do we really start off a strong year of coaching? And this became really, I think, obvious that we had to do this because we have had so much concern really among coaches, principals, district leaders about getting back to deep coaching work and having been interrupted for so long and so much um, really pull on the role of the coach. It's been eroded quite a lot in a lot of places with coaches, you know, covering classrooms and doing other work that just really historically hasn't been on their, on their plates. So this is meant to be a very concrete resource kind of guidebook is the term we're using short. It's not really like a full length book. We'll talk about how it's organized later, but just the idea that it walks you through that start to the year, those first four to six weeks of school and how to really get coaching up and running in a way that you know, that's a window of time that you can never get back. So trying to really tap into the power of those first few weeks. And the primary audience is really not just coaches. It's interesting. It's, we don't, we didn't want this book to be, or resource <laughs> to be um, written for just new coaches, let's say, or um, just new hires to a school. It's meant to be something you can use to start any year. Uh, and it really involves the principal. There's a lot of overlap with that we'll talk about, but also district leaders who are supporting coaching, um, implementation of coaching programs. So it's like, think about Harry Wong's first days of school, but for coaching. I, I love that you mentioned the timing piece to this. Um, I feel like this time a year ago, myself, and I think even my entire team was like, okay, this year we're going to climb out of it. It's going to be different. And it wasn't. You know, it was, we were still all in person all year face to face, but there was still something different about it. Um, so I know I'm not alone. My team's not alone in feeling that way. So I love the timing of this coming out. And I think um, people are really going to um, really, I, I know they sense that need of like, I do need something like this to help us get out of it. So I do love that this is coming out in August. Also, I might say since when I had my sneak peek, I took so many notes already. And so I was like, I kind of wish I had my own copy so I could be marking it up already. I am entering year seven as a coach and I went through these and it's like, yes, like, yes, valuable for a first year coach, but here I am in year seven and I was eating it up. So I just am excited for coaches of all levels of experience to get to have this as well. Yeah, we've even created space on the page to take notes because it's meant to be really a, a working reflective tool for coaches. And also one thing I want to mention too, is there's a lot of tools and artifacts that are directly linked. So there's videos and um, sample logs and 
just, you know, we're, we're kind of known for our artifacts, tools and artifacts and really valuing giving resources to coaches that they can then use in their work. So that's also a big piece of all of it. That actually kind of leads into what I was going to hit on next. So the organization of this, I noticed that it was very different from some of your guys' previous books. So now when you're, you guys are talking about how it's not a book, it's a resource that makes a lot more sense to me. Um, Julie, do you want to speak a little bit to the organization of this resource? So the unique part about this resource is that it's divided into four sections. Within each of those sections, there are specific moves that a coach can work through with strategies to implement, or if you think about the rollout of that move, what are some specific things that a coach can do to implement that particular move um, at any given time at the, at the beginning of the school year? So we start with one of the most core practices, uh, which is building relationships. We know that we have to have a really strong relationships with those people in our schools in order to provide that trusting foundation to do the deep work of looking at, at student learning at the levels that really will have an impact on achievement. So, you know, the very first move that we talk about is being visible. How do I show up and create a, a level of visibility at the beginning of the year so that teachers get, get a sense of who I am and what I'm doing? Um, then we move into a section on making intentional decisions with the principal, which is crucial to our work, the support of our principal, that's one of our core practices. Um, how do we engage them in this conversation? So thinking about who are we going to engage in coaching with first and being very thoughtful and intentional with our school's leader um, in terms of, of who, who might be our best candidates for initial coaching. Then we get into the one of my favorite sections, which is uh, messaging and marketing, because I think it's extremely important to think about how the staff perceives our role, not us as a person, but our role specifically. And we know that a lot of coaches struggle with the perception of, um, of the role and clarity around that. So really thinking about how we're gonna message and market that coaching. And then we end with how do we get ready for more formal coaching? So now we're in the midst of the school year, teachers, classrooms are, are moving and grooving, their, their climate and culture is established, which we may have helped in, in doing some of that. Um, but now we're ready to invite teachers into full coaching cycles. And so guiding a coach through that process for sort of wrapping up this beginning year process and, and really how to uh, dig into coaching for the rest of the year. So if you think about this in a nutshell, we were all teachers, right? And we knew how important those first few weeks of school were to um, get the structure going in our classrooms, develop this climate and this culture and routines and procedures. We're doing the same thing for coaches. How do we provide the foundation for coaching at the beginning of the school year so that those things are so solid that coaching work can really get at the depths that we want it to uh, down the road for coaching? So with you saying it starts with the relationships, it ends with the deep coaching, would you say that these moves are kind of set up in order for coaches to go through, or do you feel like they can go out of order and pick and choose based on kind of their experience or where they are within specific buildings? Yeah, so that's a great question because I think there's a lot of flexibility within this resource. You could pick it up and open to any chapter and start reading it and it will make sense to you. So for, for brand new coaches, 
if I were a brand new coach right now, I'd probably start from page one and read to the end. But if I'm a, if I'm a veteran coach, um, I might figure out where did I struggle in, in maybe gaining some traction and some momentum in my coaching last year. And maybe those are the things that I really want to hone in on. So it does not have to, the journey doesn't have to start on page one because you might be doing these moves simultaneously throughout the four to six weeks process. Um, so it really is designed to meet the coach where they are and not where they probably want to be um, in, in six weeks or six months, but really uh, finding a way to, to provide a resource that meets a coach, no matter how experienced they are. Yeah, I love where you, where you just said that reflected question of where in the past, like, have I struggled and kind of lost that traction? My think of teams of like, my team is a very experienced team of coaches. Like we have, occasionally will have a first year in there, but like, what a great practice for even an experienced team to go through, like find that place that you have struggled these last couple of years and really dig into that piece too. So yeah, there's a lot of different types of learning that is going to come from this. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. You know, we joked just like any field guide, you know, this really could turn into a consumable resource for a coach that it's not, I just read through it and use it one year and then I put it down and let it gather dust. This is something that I think coaches will find that they'll go to each and every year. And I think the, the, the fun part about that is being able to look over time, how have my reflections changed? How have my experiences changed? What are the views about coaching? And um, really being able to, to have an artifact that captures your journey, um, I think will be really cool. Leanna, you've played a major role in the previous student-centered coaching books. How do you feel like this new one is different from the three previous ones that you've been a part of? Um, well, for one, as Diane said at the onset of this conversation, we said we're not writing another book. So, you know, first and foremost, really getting uh, all of us getting our heads around the fact that it is really intended to be a resource. But I think it's also important to think about those three other books and kind of the progression in order to understand how this one is different. Um, the Essential Guide for Student Center Coaching really lays that foundation, that big picture, um, the philosophy, all of that, that can help folks understand, you know, what are we talking about? What sits under all of this? So um, when we're ready, whether myself as an individual coach or our district or our school, whatever it may be, we have that really strong foundation. Then we have student center coaching the moves that just gets more granular, right? Back to this idea that Julie was just talking about with specific moves. How do I do this thing in my practice? that's much more of a how-to. Um, and then in student center coaching from a distance, even though it was uh, on one level intended to help us through the last couple of years of the pandemic, it really also has a lot about coaching with an equity lens, um, thinking about uh, how to build community relationships uh, with students as part of helping us be successful as educators. And so then when we move to this resource and thinking about how it's different, first and foremost, it really just hones in on one specific time period, which certainly the books don't do, 
right? They, they kind of have to do with any time of year, any year, there's stuff that you could use all the time. But one thing I really appreciate about what we've done here, you know, we talk about this, we've always talked about this stuff um, with folks, with coaches, with principals in our work. Um, and a lot of people have said that they get stuck in this place where I'm just doing this kind of relationship building and being visible and being a resource and how do I move away from it? And, and one thing I think that this resource does is it helps us um, do what I like to call putting a fence around it. That yes, we need to do these things at the beginning of the year. We need to be super intentional about doing them, but then we also need to be equally as intentional in saying, this phase is kind of over now. And, and here's what you're going to see happen in, you know, either whether it's a definitive timeline where a coach and their principal may say, by this date, we're going to start coaching cycles, or you just start to signal to your staff that this shift is going to be happening. The things you're going to be seeing me doing are going to shift. But I think that's also something really special about this resource is it gives a path for how to make that transition or as I said how to put that fence around it so we don't just stay in that place forever and then that's when those other books will go back to being our guides about how do I now just do the work of being a student center coach I love that analogy I I can see myself getting stuck in that too right like I am a relationship heavy that's what I those are the gifts I've been given right so like it's easy for me to stay in that it's harder for me to be able to, I don't want to say like cut the cord, but like to really not just depend on relationships and really move past that. Otherwise, the deep coaching is never going to happen if I still stay inside that fence. So I really love that you brought that up. Well, and I so appreciated, and I think this relates something that you said earlier, which is even coming into year seven, that you found all these things like, oh yeah, oh yeah. And I think that's also something that makes it really powerful, not just as Julian and Diane have said for, for new coaches or new to a building coaches, but also for that person, you've been doing it for so long that sometimes you forget some of those little basic things and that it can be that really good reminder to circle back and say, oh yeah, those things really do matter. And I, I've kind of shifted away. I've gotten so comfortable that I've kind of forgotten about some of those. And so I think it can really serve that purpose too. You know, moving away just from our comfort place, as you said, relationships, but also moving us back to places that we may have forgotten about their importance. I know that like in my district, I have to split between two buildings and I made a change last year in building. So I have one building that I've been in for six years and one that I've only been in for one. So to even think about those as different roles too, I love that as I was looking through these 15 different moves, I was thinking differently about each of the buildings. So so many different scenarios that coaches find themselves in that this is going to be able to help them so much. Diane, I know that it's come up so much in our conversations and it, especially even on this podcast, there's been multiple episodes that have focused directly on this. Um, and Julie has already talked about one of the sections of this resource is focused on that um, admin and coach partnership. Can you speak um, a little more detail about that and kind of zoom in on that section and talk about how that's addressed in this new resource? Yeah, I'm glad Julie had brought that up. And it is a, a specific section within the resource, but there's also, it's addressed in each of the moves as well. So it's very 
very robustly um, addressed this idea of the role of the principal in the start, strong start to a year of coaching. And um, so what I think is our dream is I picture a principal and coach pulling this out and working through it together. And so each of the moves, for example, um, Julie had given the, the first move being be visible, right? That's one of our first moves in the book. There's questions for a coach and principal to talk about related to that. So what should they be thinking about as a team um, when it comes to that specific move? There's a move, for example, towards the end of the book around partnership agreements. So what is that? What do the principal and coach need to be thinking and talking about when it comes to that move? So each move comes uh, includes, I should say, some direct conversational prompts for principals and coaches to use together. So we, we hope there's a lot of um, partnership that's created just from that. Also, the whole section about intentional, um, you know, advocacy for, for uh, to, to use the word advocacy from the principal to guide a principal to understand how to advocate for, for really deep and intentional coaching work is a big piece of it as well. And one of the things that makes me the saddest is to see a coach, a good coach, you know, we have highly effective coaches sitting there trying to drum up business. Or as we say, you know, waiting for people just to line up outside their door, scrambling for coaching cycles. Well, it's not gonna happen like that. And people think it will, and then they get discouraged and they feel like, what am I doing wrong? And so we're really very clear that this advocacy needs to come from the principal, from the coach, as Julie mentioned, messaging and marketing, the work is a section that also includes the principal. So there's not a move in this resource that doesn't include the principal. Truly they're addressed throughout, but as we always, always try to do as a partnership, right? As a, a way to guide so that we don't make assumptions. These people aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. Well, has anybody ever guided them toward making really intentional moves that set up coaching for success? And we argue that we oftentimes see that that hasn't happened. So hopefully we'll support that. You know, this makes me think of a couple of districts that I've been with recently and sitting with the principals alongside their coaches and and getting the feedback from principals that I want to support my coach in the best way possible. I've just never gotten any professional development on this. I've not received any training on how to support my coach or the way I was an instructional coach was very different than student-centered coaching. And so my knowledge of instructional coaching rubs against this new, this new way um, of really addressing student learning in our, in our instructional coaching. And so I think with just those comments alone, I can see this being an extremely valuable resource for not only the coach, but the principal to be able to, to get specific on ways that they can support their coach and also sort of train their staff up for this is what this role is meant to be to really help um, that coach's success. Because, you know, I often say we, we can't hustle for our own work it, uh, and, and you find a lot of a lot of coaches doing that. So I think this will will maybe alleviate some of the, the feeling that that's a need. Well, you know, I mentioned before that how you've co-authored multiple books with Diane before. Um, 
Can you speak to some of the newer thinking, whether it's different ideas or strategies for coaches that maybe weren't included in previous books, but just over your guys' evolution of new thoughts in learning that you guys wanted to make sure that you guys included in this new resource? Yes, absolutely. I think a few things have, have maybe surfaced throughout this conversation, but a few I really want to highlight. Um, one is just having coaches tap into this resource that exists within our schools, which is teacher leaders. And by that, we don't just mean teacher leaders in the formally designated sense, right? Team leads, grade level leads, you know, department leads, but also just who are the people who are leading, who have people look up to, who are deeply respected. How can we tap into those groups um, of both formally and informally designated leaders to really leverage their influence, their knowledge base, um, and, um, and utilize them and work with them to help us take this work to another level. So that's one piece that's been really exciting. Um, a couple other things that I would love to just highlight um, that have been here and there in, in other books, but um, thinking more deeply about this idea of working with teachers at the beginning of the year to help them build their classroom community. That um, the importance of that uh, you know, we talk about the parallel of this is our our Harry Wong for coaches, but it the work that you know you have to that has to happen with students to create that rich and trusting and respectful classroom community is something that we as coaches can partner with teachers to help them do. So that's that our thinking is really deepened around that. Um, thinking more about the different structures for student-centered coaching. So certainly in our first two books, we talk so much about the structure of coaching cycles, and it certainly is still where we believe we can get the most bang for our buck um, as far as impact on teacher and student learning. But we also really learned throughout the pandemic that that's not the only way to go about this. And we can certainly take a student-centered approach when we're doing individual lesson planning, when we're doing standalone unit planning, when we're in mini coaching cycles. So there are a lot of structures in which we can be incredibly student-centered. And so we dive more deeply into that as well. And uh, one last piece I wanna highlight is just about this relationship between coaching and mentoring new teachers. Sometimes coaching coaches, pardon me, are actually tasked with that anyway, but we explore that a little more deeply and give coaches some ways to think about that as they're starting the new year, how that's also a place they can tap in and, um, and what that might look like. So it's been exciting and having three of us together to think through these things and, and uncover all of our thinking and push each other's thinking um, has really been a fun part of the journey. And we're excited to, to share that with the, with the coaching community. I'm just imagining coaches listening to this and every single thing that you're like saying like, oh, this is included in this, like, then like, yes, I need that. Oh yes, I need that. Like, I just, I am just anticipating the excitement of people as they're listening to this. Um, Brandon, can I add one more that yeah. is, I think, really going to speak to a need that co coaches have expressed in a just so widespread this past year has been around just classroom management and student behavior. And Leanna mentioned this idea of like building community in classrooms. I just want to make that connection because we all know that relationships 
with students is our number one way uh, for teachers, you know, teachers relationships with students is their number one way to have really well functioning classrooms with strong rituals and routines and clear expectations and starting the year with like that is really important. And so we've written some blog posts on this in the past, but we really developed that content around how do we coach into building classrooms with teachers that have such strong rituals and routines and expectations that just we just pray that in as the year progresses, we don't have the amount of student disruption that people have shared they've been experiencing. So that piece, we don't typically really embed classroom management into coaching cycles once the year gets up and running. I mean, we embed it a little bit here and there. It's not the focus of a coaching cycle isn't well, aren't well-managed classrooms, but to tap into that window at the beginning of the year and really help teachers create that space for kids is, is a whole huge coaching opportunity that uh, we feel is, is new in this resource. I think that just speaks to, and I've said this to you before, Diane, like even when it goes back to like when you guys came out with some of your work on mini cycles and stuff like that, like just honoring the fact that when people people can still keep things student-centered and not just be in a deep coaching cycle. Um, I think that just, this speaks again to your guys, how learner-centered you guys are um, as a company and, and that you're always willing to think in different ways um, and not just stick to what you, you know, maybe first came out with 10 years ago um, and just how it's evolved. So yeah, kudos to you guys on being willing to be like that too. Okay, I have one more question for you, and this is probably the most important question. So I wanna hear from all three of you, but I'm gonna start with you, Julie. I can't personally speak to it, but I can only imagine the amount of work and time and effort it takes to produce a resource like this. And in those times when it gets so difficult and you might be feeling like, ugh, like I can't do this, like I'm gonna throw in the towel. The reason you keep persevering through a project like this is the impact it's gonna have when you're done on people. So with that being said, Julie, what kind of impact are you hoping that this resource has? And what are you looking forward to seeing as far as the fruits of all that hard work? That's a great question. I think this, this resource is gonna have a, an impact on all coaches, no matter, no matter how long they've been doing it. So let me start by addressing the beginning coach. They leave their classroom probably as a master teacher and things, they don't have to think about things a whole lot. Um, they really have mastered their craft in the classroom with, with uh, their students. And they shift into this new role that oftentimes doesn't come with a ton of clarity in a building. It doesn't come with a guidebook historically until now. Um, and I think when when we work with those first year coaches that's the one thing like the fear that i see in their face is what do i do on the first day of school i knew what to do on the first day of school when i was a teacher right that that was just a system that was very well developed and so i think for a new coach this will be a game changer because it will give them guidance on what do i do um so that they don't fill their, their calendar and build their reputation around things that are important, 
but don't maybe have as much of a direct impact on student learning as as the deep coaching that we really want them to get to. So I think for a lot of new coaches, it will it will be just a, a, a resource that they can get really intentional about what does my work look like in those beginning days and that they will feel productive, that they will, um, because they'll start to see some success and some success in the relationships and the dialogue that they're having with their principal and how to get teachers um, engaged in some of that beginning coaching work, I think it will build their own sense of efficacy that, okay, what I'm doing, what I'm investing in these first few weeks of school is really going to pay off in the coaching work that I have, that I have later. For, for veteran coaches, I think it'll, it'll be just as powerful. I always say when I'm working with coaches, when they're working with teachers, we want to meet teachers where they are, not where we want them to be. And that's what I love about our new structures, like really honing in on the different structures we have, because not all teachers are ready for a full coaching cycle. The need that they come to us with may not warrant a full coaching cycle. So this resource, I think, will be able to meet coaches where they are, not where we want them to be. So again, like I said earlier, this idea of reflecting on past coaching success and maybe those, those pain points that we have as a coach, the coach can really dig into, okay, how do we keep those things that were successful for me last year up and running? And also, how can I start to work on those things that maybe uh, got in the way of some of the coaching work? Um, so I, you know, just not in such a small nutshell, but that's where I feel like it's going to really pay off that we will start to see coaches in October and December and March feeling success. And if we really trickled back, it would be because of those beginning weeks of school that that success has happened. Leanna, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I um, obviously, in addition to everything Julie said, I think another area where this resource has the potential to make a really big impact is on strengthening that principal coach partnership. As, as we've talked about um, here today, the, there are just so many opportunities through this resource for coaches to have really intentional conversations with their principals about how they can set themselves and set this co coaching work up for success. And it just, every time I, I think a principal and coach have a conversation like that, the relationship grows. And so thinking about 15 moves with each one having a built-in opportunity um, really to me says there's a lot of potential for that to happen. And, and as we've all said, we know that that's what helps this work become more impactful. The stronger the principal coach partnership, the bigger the work, the impact of the work is going to have on teacher and student learning. So for sure, that's another place where I think this resource has a lot of potential. Diane, what do you think? Well, I'm thinking about it's so interesting because Julie's really speaking to the coach experience. Leanna's speaking to the coach principal experience. I'd just like to point out the impact this could make at a district level coherence perspective. So from that side of things, for example, we're working with Boise Public Schools who hired 50 new coaches this year. So think about this resource for building coherence at a district level. Every single 
one of those principal coach partnerships are looking for guidance on how to start this year and to not be so spotty or so sort of random about who gets what resource around the start of the year, they're all going to have this resource and they're all going to have, be having conversations that are guiding them toward really strong definition of roles and strong relationship building and all of those things that we all have to be doing. So I just think it's interesting to also think about the impact at a district level when we think about this resource. On behalf of myself and Diane, I just want to say thank you to the two of you for coming on. Um, this has been an episode I've been really looking forward to recording and sitting down, the four of us, and talking about this new resource. Um, I'm just so excited. I'm so excited for what this is going to bring for first-year coaches, what it's going to bring for 10th-year coaches, and most importantly, the teachers and the students that those coaches are going to work with. This is going to be something that's going to have such a major impact. I just want to say thank you for just how authentic your hearts truly are when it comes to student learning. And it's evident in this. It's evident in everything that you guys talk about. Um, you're not doing this for yourselves. You really are doing this for students. And I'm just grateful for that. So thank you for joining us today. I want to add on to it's so funny because every time I ask Leanna to write something else and like she's gonna say no this time she's and and I'm like crossing my fingers and so getting to partner as you know now on our gosh fourth resource to book resource together and then bringing Julie in just added a freshness and such a a new thinking partner that has just created another whole amazing dynamic so I am super excited that I got to write this with the two of you, but also that we got to talk about it today. Well, I just want to extend my gratitude and um, thanks to both you, Diane and Liana, because um, the only thing I had ever written up to this point was a paper for you know school and then a couple of blog articles. And um, you all, you know, you're just so responsive to needs, but you're also great colleagues to think through things. And, you know, as Brene Brown calls the FFTs, I had many of them along this journey and you all supported me just so, so graciously. And, um, you know, that's why I love working for you, Diane, and with uh, the both of you is because the authenticity and the organic nature that things grow within um, our consulting group is just, it's a breath of fresh air um, for me. And when you are so passionate about this thing that you're doing, it doesn't feel like work. And so I'm I'm forever grateful for both of you and Brandon, you too, for, for giving us this space to talk about our new resource. Thanks. And of course I um, echo the, the gratitude um, first to Brandon and Diane for having us on today. And then uh, to, to Julie and Diane for um, the opportunity to engage uh, in this project together. Um, it, as you both said, it's it's a pretty amazing thing to have um, thought partners. And I go all the way back to when Diane and I started, you know, coaching all those years ago. That there was no guidebook, there was no roadmap, there was no uh, model or platform or anything. And I think 
you know, that's what drives my passion in this work is helping the folks who are serving teachers and students have that that guidance and that way forward to make the most of the work they do. And um, it is a true joy to be able to, to engage in that. So um, thanks to all of you. As we're showing gratitude, we do have to really express our gratitude to the editorial team at Corwin because this idea came a little late and they have doubled down with huge amount of resource to us to pull this off. It's going to be beautiful. I mean, I'm just so excited. We got to see the page proofs this week and it's really well designed. And the editorial team has just literally run with this and been all in and supporting us through this process. And one big piece is they've made it available for pre-order. So people are asking, where can we get this? And so you can literally go right onto the Corwin website and order it right now. One thing I did tell the editorial team is, we want this to be a resource that isn't very expensive so that it's something that you can just get and like we said, mark up and, and use actively. So it's available, it's out there, but it'll ship on August 1st. So it'll come right in time for the school year to start. Thank you guys again so much. Um, can't wait to get my hands on my official copy of it and um, to get started on a great school year. Student-Centered Coaching, the podcast, is brought to you by Diane Sweeney Consulting. For more information, visit diansweeney.com. Music is brought to you by Clemency. You can check them out at clemencyonline.com. There you can find more information on how to download their music. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast where podcasts are found and follow us on Twitter at SCCoachingPod.